This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey everyone, how are you? Welcome back to another episode of the Let Free Ring Podcast. And today uh, we have a very good show. I am recording this one on Thursday, the day of Thanksgiving. I've had a long, long day. Uh, my mother decided to wake up. Uh, bright-eyed and bushy-tailed at around 6.37 a.m. so she could start with the deviled eggs, and it just was not very fun. But we have a good podcast in today, and first and foremost, I want to get on to, I want to start with some internal things, and then we'll get into uh, sort of the meat of the episode, no pun intended. Um, And a big thing, one, is uh, the video podcast will be launching back officially, hopefully, uh, the first episode of, I want to say, December. No, it'll actually be the last episode of November because these shows come out on Monday, as you guys know, because you're listening to this on a Monday, even though I recorded it on Thursday. It's the power of the internet. This show, starting Monday, November 30th, will be coming in a live, or not a live format. It will be coming, maybe we'll do a live format. Do you guys want that? If you guys want a live format, shoot me an email, noah at noahring.org, and let me know. Tweet at me, at the Noah Ring on all social media platforms. Let me know. If you guys want it live, we can do it live. It'll actually save a lot of editing. I know my uh, my video editor is always always having a lot of fun because we've been doing a couple of run-ups, a couple of tests before we do it because we want to make sure it looks the best. You know, you got to get you got to get some good thumbnails and it, it's really fun. So starting next, sorry, no. No, no, this podcast is coming out the 30th. I'm so sorry. I am so sorry. So, yes, the first podcast, that'll be December 7th, will be will be video. The first podcast starting December will be video. So you guys will be able to see my uh, my my lovely face, even though I, I don't think it's that lovely. If you guys do, I appreciate that a lot. That will be coming out December 7th. That's Pearl Harbor Day, actually, I believe. It's actually my uh, late brother's birthday, too. So... We will be uh, we'll be coming back to a video format because some people I've been getting a lot of messages, emails telling me that they want it back, that they want to bring it back, and also it'll allow me to cut out little five five minute segments, post that on YouTube, get some more views, get some more listeners. That way we can book some bigger guests. Last week I had the lovely lovely Juanita Broderick on. She's a good friend of mine. If you haven't heard that episode, please go turn it in. But today. Um, I want to start with with kind of a little talk because last week a lot of people got mad at me because I started to talk about 
the election and the 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 allegations of widespread voter fraud in the election and i kind of want to clear that up a little bit so any of you guys who follow me on twitter i'm sure most of you guys do follow me on twitter they've seen you know what i've said uh in regards to sydney powell now i have a lot of respect for sydney powell um with what she did with general flynn i mean first and foremost if you guys haven't seen uh yesterday wednesday November 25th, uh, Donald Trump gave him a full pardon, which is really good. I mean, what they did to that man was absolutely horrendous. He served our country greatly for for decades. So give me one second. I get a little bit of a sip here. Hold on. I got to get the caffeine going. So what I've said about Sidney Powell is all I've said is she, we need to start seeing some evidence. You know, I was listening to Rush Limbaugh. Uh, the day after their press conference, or the Monday after the press conference, because I believe it was on a Friday, Thursday or Friday. And he said he he was waiting to watch it. He was all anticipating, and they didn't show any evidence. And the problem becomes that a lot of people are saying you don't show your evidence until you go to court, which in some respects is true. But in this respect, we, we need to start getting things. A lot of people are starting to be really fed up on uh, on Sidney Powell. The Trump, the Trump legal team has distanced themselves from Sidney Powell in the past couple of weeks or days to week uh, because they, you know, they're, I, from what I've heard from my, my people that I know in the Trump campaign, they are, they're starting to get fed up because they've asked for, they've asked for evidence. Uh, Tucker Carlson asked for evidence and they, she has just been not showing as much evidence. And she did put out about a 105 page lawsuit today in the state of Georgia. I haven't been able to read all of that because, well, thanksgiving but i have uh, i've heard that you know if true it, it could it could bring a lot of a lot of damage to the biden campaign the biden camp and it could cause the states to uncertify their elections but this is my point about it okay and if you're still listening thank you so much please don't turn this off um just hear me out because i you know i don't want joe biden to take any i don't want joe biden to take the oath on january 20th as much as you don't want him to take the oath on january 20th i you know i i've been i've lost eight to 900 followers, let's just say a thousand followers in the last couple of days, because me saying, Hey, city Powell, you need to, let's get this, let's get this started. And for any of you guys who, who watch football, you'll understand my analogy. Um, Sydney Powell was like a head coach and she was on the 20 yard line. She had to drive 80 yards and she had six minutes to do it. And Sydney Powell at this point, she's now at the 25 yard line with three minutes left. And the clock's running, and she's got no timeouts. Sydney Powell should not have waited, going on uh, roughly what about three? So let's see, the third, so one, two, yeah, a little over three weeks before putting all these court cases in it. I mean, she said for since I believe the fourth that she's had a fire hose of evidence. A kraken is about to come down, and I've wanted, I've been waiting, I've been waiting very anxiously for it to come down because. Whether or not there was widespread voter fraud, we need the courts to decide. We need the courts to tell us. And if there was, we need the perpetrators to go to jail. And we need to clean up the election integrity. But if there's not, Sidney Powell will lose all our respect. And I, I think Sidney Powell truly thinks she has something. I just want to see it. I want to see what she has. I want to see the evidence. You see, what exactly has happened now? Is Sidney Powell is now on the 25-yard line, and now she's got to get She's got to get 75 yards in three minutes versus 80 yards 
in six minutes. And that's a big difference. This is how I explained it to one of my friends. My friend just got a new gun and he likes to get a shooting. And so the way I explained it to him is what Sidney Powell basically has now. Sidney Powell has the fact Sidney Powell has the the device that was supposedly used, the voting machine or gun. And she has a crime that she says took place, voter fraud, and let's say a murder. Now, it's not enough to convict my friend Kane of murder because Kane has a gun and someone was shot. You need Kane at the scene of the crime. You need you need to figure out that that bullet, without a shadow of a doubt, came from that gun. And you need to prove that that caused the person to die. You see... I think she has about 50 affidavits in Pennsylvania of people. That might be the Trump legal team. But they have 50 affidavits roughly in Pennsylvania of people whose votes weren't counted. Now, you can say that's widespread. That's overall. But right now, they only have 50. 50 is not enough to change the error of about 70,000, I believe, in Pennsylvania. And the problem becomes you don't throw out 10 million votes for 50 people. You just count their votes, and it's not going to make a difference there. Now... Again, I have nothing but respect for Sidney Powell. I mean, what she did with General Flynn, and thank God that Trump pardoned her, just pardoned him just a few days ago. It, it just makes it calls me into question: is why won't you, why won't you start releasing stuff? Why won't you start posting these affidavits? These are public record. These are public record. Now, a couple of things. Um, there was a Supreme Court decision today. I'm pulling it up right now. First off, to all the Republicans who didn't want. Donald Trump to nominate Amy Coney Barrett, you sure look stupid now. And a 5-4 decision split up um, basically amongst party lines with John Roberts siding with the Democrats like he normally does. The Supreme Court blocks New York from enforcing COVID limits on churches. This is uh, per NBC and everywhere is really doing it. The court said the restrictions violate religious freedom and are not neutral because they, quote, single out houses of worship. Just uh, Justice Corsich wrote the opinion. Uh, the U.S. Supreme Court issued an injunction late Wednesday blocking New York governor from enforcing 10 to 25 people occupancy limits on religious institutions, granting a request from the Catholic Diocese, D-I-O-C-E-S-E, of Brooklyn and Agudath, Israel, A-G-U-D-A-T-H. The state had told the court that there was no need to act because the restrictions, which were adopted as a way to prevent the spread of the virus, had recently been dialed back. The court apparently divided 5-4, like I said, with Roberts and uh, Breyer, Sonia Sotomayor, and Alega Kagan dissenting. In an unsigned majority opinion, the court said the restrictions would violate religious freedom because they're not neutral, because they single out houses of worship for especially harsh treatment. While religious institutions were affected, businesses categorized as essential could admit as many people as they wish. When the court said, and the list of such businesses included acupuncture, acupuncture facilities and others the court said were, were not essential. The court said there's no evidence that the organization that brought the lawsuit has contributed to the spread of COVID-19. In his dissent, Robert said he saw no need to take this action because the state has revised the designations of the affected areas. And other houses of worship that sought relief now face numerical restrictions and can serve, hold services up to 50% capacity. Breyer said that the state seeks to reimpose the limits the plaintiffs can come back to court. Sotomayor Kagan granted the injunction, quote, will only exacerbate, exacerbate the nation's suffering. Gorsuch and Kavanaugh filed concurrences. Neither Amy Coney Barrett nor Alito filed, filed separate opinions. 
During a brief call with reporters on Thanksgiving morning, Cuomo shrugged off the court's move. He said, quote, The Supreme Court ruling on religious gatherings is more illustrative of the Supreme Court than anything else. This is really just an opportunity for the court to express its philosophy and its politics. It doesn't have any practical effects. Look, this is the effect it has. We saw a court case a couple of months ago, maybe out of Nevada, I want to say, where where churches were deemed non-essential, but you could gamble. And that's what's happening here. You can go, you can let somebody take your shirt off and put needles in your back. But you can't go to the synagogue, you can't go to a church, you can't go to a mosque, you can't worship. That's what this is about. This kind of gets into the true story of Thanksgiving. The people who came over in the Mayflower came over because they wanted to be free. They came over because they wanted to be able to worship the way they wanted to. The decision isn't final. Second, it didn't affect our mass gathering rules, so it didn't mention those. It did mention the overall limits, said Cuomo, who questioned why the court ruled on an issue that is moot. President Trump reacted Thursday morning by commenting on a tweet from Supreme Court case tracking site about Happy Thanksgiving, he wrote. Now, I'm going to try to pull up Neil Gorsuch's statement, because what he said was really it. It, it, you gotta hear it. I should have this pulled up. I'm gonna, I'm gonna have to fire my intern. He didn't have this pulled up. All right, hold on. Hold on, just one moment. We're gonna pull this up. Wow, hold on. I'm not the best. I need a Jamie from Joe Rogan. I need a Jamie from Joe Rogan. Gorsuch filed a a short, separate opinion in which he emphasized that even if the Constitution has taken a holiday during this pandemic, it cannot become sabbatical. Kavanaugh filed his own opinion, stressing that Wednesday's ruling from the court is only a temporary one until the Second Circuit, which is scheduled to hear the dispute next month, can act on the case. Oh, Lord. I'm going to have to find it. Hold on a minute. Now, I will tell you basically what he said. I I I would tell you basically what he said. He said that it is wild. He said that it is wild. It is, frankly, un-American at the fact that you can go to the liquor store and pick up wine, but you can't go worship. He said something to the... To the, to the phase that it's wildly coincidental that you can you can basically live in the flesh you can you can do things that don't honor God but dare you honor God and that's where you've crossed the line that's where COVID comes out I mean right now what we are seeing by democratic governors I hope will give a red pill to everyone who lives there right now it's legal for people to do meth Heroin, mushrooms, acid, you name it, in Oregon. It's not a criminal event, but let you have 11 people. Let Uncle Rick walk in and be the 11th man. And now you have just broken the law. And you can go to jail. And you can go to jail. Because that, that's, you know, that's when COVID comes out. 
COVID comes as soon as there's 11 people, not 10, 11. That becomes a problem. Now, this is uh, this is from, I, I saw this from my friend Ryan Fournier. If you guys don't follow him, do. He's been on the show before. This is what he said. This is what he put out. I guess this might be where he lives. I know he's from North Carolina. This is what he said. It's from the town of Hendersonville, North Carolina. This is a town I'm thinking about moving to. Just kidding. My town's actually really nice. We, uh, we don't have any laws regarding this. You can have as many people as you want. He said, this Thanksgiving, if you see 20 cars at your neighbor's house and you think about reporting them, go to the fridge and drink a big glass of milk. Why? Milk is good for your teeth. You know what else is good for your teeth? Minding your own damn business. Now, I put this out on my Instagram. And the comments to it were quite funny. But it's true. It's 100% true that you should not, you should not have to worry about, you should not have to worry for fear of being arrested because you happen to have just a few too many people, just a few too many people coming in to your house. And not to mention, let's talk about this, Gavin Newsom was found going to one of his political advisors birthday dinner where there were six people from six different households. Now that's, that's legal in California, but he can do it. He, he, he can do it. Now I will, I, I do want to, I do want to bring this up that the economy has hit or the, uh, the stock market, sorry, rather has hit 30,000 in the first time ever, 48 times since Trump took office. It's about one once a month, roughly, a little bit more than once a month. And of course, the Democrats are giving all that credit to Joe Biden because the meat because the stock market. Sorry, I gotta get another drink real quick. Don't don't go don't go anywhere. They're giving all that credit to Joe Biden because the stock market apparently loves the fact that Joe Biden's gonna be president. And let me tell you what it really is. This is what it really is. And the sad fact is that if I can understand this at 19, you know they can understand it. They just don't want to. The sad fact is that the reason that the stock market is is exploding right now is simply because businesses and investors know that it's likely that Georgia wins the two runoff seats, or the Republicans win the two runoff seats in January, and Biden won't be able to get anything done. That's, That's what's more likely. That's what's more likely to happen. So once the once the media realize or once the investors sorry realize that it's very likely that Republicans win the two Senate seats in Georgia, well the market started to uh, started to react and it started to go up. And and speaking about the two the two Senate seats in Georgia, I, I want to bring up something. One second, just, just give me one second. It's really important to remember. It's really important to remember because a lot of people, mainly uh, one Lynn Wood, one Sidney Powell, are making a lot of people not want to get out and vote. They're making a lot of people not want to get out and cast their, their, their right to vote, to let people know who they want to govern them, to let people know who they want to to go and speak on their behalf. And that's a problem because we need this. We need people going out. Now, I can't find the exact tweet, but Donald Trump Jr. posted something basically saying 
that it's crazy that a lot of people are thinking that the Trump team doesn't want them to go vote for Kelly and David. That's crazy. They need to go vote for Kelly and David. They need to vote for Kelly, Kelly Leffler and David Perdue. They need to go and they need to, they need to vote for him because if you give Joe Biden practically all three, all three legislative branches of, of the government, the House, the Senate, and the White House, obviously, well, now you have let him run wild because Kamala Harris will be able to break any tie, which will happen a lot. A lot of the confirmations will probably go to ties. Speaking of that, the swamp is back in town, guys. The swamp has come back. The swamp is in full effect. The swamp is back in town. Uh, John Kerry is back. Uh, one of the most useless politicians in my lifetime. Even though there are a lot of them. Everyone that they have nominated has been someone who served in the Biden administration or the Obama administration. Sorry, or has been who went to Yale or Harvard. It, it's absolutely crazy that. That's what that's what happening. Now, Georgia is is Georgia is the what happened in Georgia. This is my opinion. My opinion of what happened in Georgia is what the the polls said. Donald Trump gained amongst blacks, Latinos, every every minority group, but he lost amongst he lost amongst suburban white women and this is evident as i pull this up real quick sorry i just recorded this on a whim because i forgot i was going out of town this weekend so sorry typed in the wrong district so in 2018 georgia's 7th congressional district uh incumbent rob woodall ran against carolyn bordeaux carolyn bordeaux is just a nasty woman ran against carolyn bordeaux and rob won the election by about 400 votes 400 votes is what is what rob won by uh, in, in 2018 so of course that seat became very 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 contested because you know anything could happen there i mean 400 votes that's that's a lot so now if we drop back to 2016 when donald trump ran the first time you see that pulling it back up rob woodall back in hold on sorry folks back in 2016 when donald trump ran the first time rob rob woodall beat his democratic opponent by 21 points so circa 2020 we get to 2020 and my friend rich mccormick a really good friend he lost hold on so we get to 2020 pulling this up one second guys hold on i'm so sorry i promise i will be better next week so you get to ga7 and uh, there were a lot more ballots cast a whole lot of there were nearly roughly 30,000 more ballots cast and Carolyn Bordeaux won by 10,000 votes. Now, what that tells me is a lot of things. Uh, first and foremost, it starts with the fact that that county, Gwinnett County, is a very, very, very blue county. It's a county that 
that just needs that. No, that sorry, that county is actually red. I'm so sorry. I was thinking of the county next to it. That county is actually red. Uh, pretty much mostly Gwinnett County. We'll, we'll pull it up a little bit in, in depth. So mostly Gwinnett County. So what has happened is there are one, two, three, four, five. There are five districts surrounding Atlanta, uh, suburbs of Atlanta. You have Georgia's 6th Congressional District, where uh, there was the famous 2017 uh, runoff between John Ossoff, who is now running for the Senate against David Perdue, and Karen Handel. And Karen Handel won, not by a whole hell of a lot, but she won. Then she lost in the 2018 election. She ran again in 2020, and she lost. Uh, now GA7 has flipped blue. GA4 has, uh, is always blue. That one's very blue. That one's a, a 60% win for blue. And then uh, GA5 has always been blue. That's Jim Lewis's old seat. And then GA13 has also been blue. But what's happened is the more well-off suburban uh, voters of Atlanta live in GA6 and GA7. And those two seats up until 20, uh, 2018 for GA6 and 2018 for GA7 were red. Now, I do believe they'll go back red in 2022 uh, for one reason. Because Biden is, A, not going to get stuff done, and two, the stuff he's trying to get done is going to be very, very radical. Not that I think Biden's radical, but the people who really run that party, the squad, are, are completely radical. So that's that's exactly what happened. And then, of course, if you look if you look at Georgia overall, what you got, okay, this is what you guys should really, should really Google. You guys would, I, 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 I'm also a political nerd. I don't know how much you guys are. So... Uh, what I think is going to happen in 2022, because I believe there's about a 95 to 99% chance that Joe Biden will be taking the inaugural oath on January 20th. I mean, God help us. Let's hope not. But that's what's going to happen more more than likely, because as everything sits now, unless some crazy evidence comes out, it appears that's what's going to happen. Now, is that the worst thing in the world? No. And I'll tell you why. You see, so Joe Biden taking office benefits the Republican Party a lot. Because now, for the next two years, Mitch McConnell gets to chill in Kentucky and not let Biden get anything done. Biden will get literally nothing done. Assuming we keep these two these two Senate seats. Now, if we lose these two Senate seats, you see America, you see Puerto Rico, you see D.C. becoming states, you see a lot of crazy stuff happening. But assuming we keep those two Senate seats, you start to see, you start to see a lot you start to see a lot of a lot of people starting to realize they don't like this because there are a lot of people turned off by Donald Trump's rhetoric. And I'm not saying that's me. I'm, I'm just looking at the polls. You know, J- Donald Trump is somebody who I think if he would, if he would rein in what he says sometimes would have won 45 to 50 states, this, or 45 to 48 states, this election, New York and California. Are, well, I'll, I pray for him every day, but he could have won a lot of states. But the problem is that, he is that he he turned off suburbans, and this is also evident in the in the Senate race between Purdue and Ossoff. So Purdue got about two and a half two million four hundred sixty two thousand votes, and John Ossoff got about two million three hundred seventy five thousand votes. So that's roughly ninety thousand more votes, right? But then you look at you look at Donald Trump. Sorry, one second, Donald Trump got 2,461 more votes and Joe Biden got 200, 2,474,000. 
So a couple of things happened throughout the country. What happened throughout the country is Democrats were able, through the media, Democrats were able to get a lot of people out who just voted for Biden and went home because they had no idea what anybody else was. And then the people who actually really, really, really pay attention to politics were kind of turned off to to Donald Trump as a whole. And so that, with a mixture, with all those becoming what happened, it, it didn't fare well for Biden or for Trump in Georgia. Now, he lost by not a lot, by 13,000 votes, as where Purdue won by 90,000. And if you actually look at it, if you go back right back to the Senate, you start to see where Trump got a little bit more votes than Purdue, I believe. So Purdue is at 2462 and Trump is at Trump is at 2461. So he got 1000 less votes but lost by 13,000 votes. So what does that tell you? That tells you that people either A went out and voted for Biden and voted for Purdue, which I while I don't think it's very likely, it's very just a few votes here all the, every vote counts right now. So with that happening, then with the mix of people turning out cuz there were about 100,000 people who voted in that election who didn't vote in the who didn't vote in the uh, in the Senate election. There were about 100,000 people. That 100,000 people I believe came from people my age who didn't know anything, didn't know city council races, didn't know congressional races, just know they didn't like Trump, they just voted for Joe Biden, went home. Took two minutes. They voted for a guy who's been wrong on issues for the last 50 years. Took two minutes. They went home. They posted. They posted a peach. Everyone, our sticker has a peach on it. Now, let me tell you why. Why Republicans should be taking this is why I am so. I'm 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 not happy about the election, but I'm glad the election turned out the way it did. It like given if we had to lose, I'm glad this is how we lost because the Republicans in the house Republicans in the house gained 8 seats we flipped 11 seats and we gained 8 in total now what does that mean when can you point to me that in a re-election year the Republican or the president won in the house the Republican or sorry the president's party won more seats in the house but lost the election you can't really show that in modern history but let me tell you what it shows. It shows that people were not a big fan of Trump's rhetoric. And also, people like Republicans. People like Republican policies. We had a lot more veterans run this time, which was a big help. Which was a big help. Republicans overall support veterans a lot. And then people people support veterans a lot. And we almost flipped a few more districts. So looking at Pennsylvania's 17th district, that's, that's Connor Lamb. And Sean Parnell. Connor Lamb won that seat by about 10,000 votes. In a year that Democrats, remember, Democrats were supposed to win big this year. They were supposed to take the House, take the Senate. They were supposed to flip everything blue. Now, if we look back. Now, Pennsylvania's 17th, 17th, sorry, Pennsylvania's 17th Congressional District is a very... It was a red district uh, before 2018. There was a special election in which Connor Lamb beat a guy named Keith Rothfuss um, to fix for, uh, what was his name, Murphy, Congressman Murphy. Now, Connor Lamb is somebody who is not very unpopular. 
Connor Lamb is a guy who, you know, even though he's a Democrat, I'm like, I can kind of see, you know, Connor Lamb went to UPenn, you know, Ivy League school, and then became a Marine officer after that. That that just doesn't happen a lot. Connor Lamb is somebody who I, I wish the future of the Democratic Party was instead of AOC. Now, you look at Connor Lamb, and then you pull up Virginia's 7th Congressional District, Abigail Spanberger, where she only she she lost to Nick Freitas, a very 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 popular state delegate, by she sorry she beat Nick Freitas sorry by eight thousand votes. So you pull up ballotpedia.org, really good really good organization. You pull up ballotpedia.org, and you see that Abigail Spanberger actually upset a Republican. She upset a Republican last time in 2018 when you've seen a lot, a lot of, that's when Democrats took over the House and you've seen a lot of Democrats come out. So with these two people, Abigail Spanberger and Connor Lamb have a couple of things in common. Um, they hate the squad as much as we do. So there was a DCCC call, DRCC call, sorry. Um, basically the DRCC is an organization that their entire job is to win elections for Democrats. Their their entire job is to win Democratic elections. We have similar things on the Republican side. I mean, we have the Republican Senate Fund. You know, we have the NRC, NRC, NCCC, I believe, NRCC. Um, it's their entire job. And so the problem becomes, this is what happened. There was, a, there was a conference call in which Abigail Spanberger and Connor Lamb said, hey, yo, squad, all, all the, I believe all the Democratic uh incumbents were on it who who won re-election they were all on the call and they said hey you guys need to calm down with this defund the police you guys need to calm down with this open borders you guys need to calm down with this medicare for all you guys need to calm down with this socialism and you know what ayana yes ayana presley said no rashida talib rashida talib ayana presley get them confused they both have you add that iq up and you're talking about ooh. I have to be like Rush Limbaugh, put half my brain behind my back just to make it fair. So, uh, one of those two bright young ladies said that they they basically can they basically said that Connor Lamb and Abigail Spanberger, both Democrats, were racist. They said you're racist. You don't care about what black people care about. You just care about wearing, winning re-election. So now you're starting to see infighting. You're starting to see a lot of things because what a lot of people haven't realized is. AOC is overall not popular outside of her district. Now you pull up her district. You pull up her district, and I mean she won by let me see if I can pull it up, sorry. She won by a whole hell of a lot. I mean she was able to just she I can't see if I can pull it up, hold on. She won by probably sixty percent. Because she lives in one of the bluest, bluest congressional districts in the country. It, and what Connor Lamb said back is, you want a glorified primary. You want a glorified primary because Democrats don't show up in the primary. You beat one of the most older members of the House and no one cared. Now, let me tell you, this is good for Republicans. The squad is good for Republicans. I mean... Chuck Schumer, the, I've seen more times than I can count the amount of times I've seen Chuck Schumer's face saying, we take Georgia, then we take America. Now, I'm not going to hold you too much longer because I've had you for, God, about 35 minutes now. And we don't have a guest, so I, I think I'll let you guys off early this week. Now, 
this is the problem that Democrats have going forward. The problem, the, the long problem for Republicans in the past has been that while Republican policies, the, the idea of, of individual responsibility, low taxes, the government sucks, that idea is wildly popular overall. But Democrats have always been more popular. You can say the media. You can say the fact that you know Democrats have a lot younger candidates. I mean, Barack Obama, whether you liked him or not, you can't you can't say that he's not he wasn't a great speaker. He wasn't somebody that the youth um, and the minority community loved. Now, that being said, Democrats are starting to become unpopular. Their ideas are starting to become unpopular. The infighting is starting to drive them wild. So in 2022, you're going to see a bunch of House people, a bunch of Republicans running for the House in, in purple districts saying, Joe Biden is the same as the squad. Joe Biden is the same as the squad. Joe Biden supports defunding the police. Joe Biden wouldn't even say law and order. Look what he's done. What has he done? He's signed an executive order doing this. He signed an executive order doing that because it's always going to be able to do. You're going to see a lot of Republicans take take office in 2022. You're going to see us gain seats in the Senate. You're going to see us gain 20 seats in the House. You're going to see us, we're winning the culture war thanks to TPUSA. Thanks to Students for Trump. Thanks to Young Americans for Freedom. So if you're listening to this and you're older and you think that America's lost because Joe Biden won, let me tell you something. I have received more messages in the last three weeks from students asking me how they can get involved in the movement than I've heard, than I've had in a while. The left, by not only attacking the president, they always attack Republican presidents. The left, don't know why I whispered, the left by attacking overall people who voted for Trump lost the future. It's not cool to be a Democrat anymore. It's not counterculture to be a Democrat. It's counterculture to be a Republican. It's counterculture to be a conservative. It's counterculture to watch Barstool Sports, which a lot of kids my age watch. I mean, I listen to some of their podcasts. That's what's cool now. The left lost. Oh, the left lost. And I'm going to make sure they never came back. I'm going to make sure that the left doesn't get to where they were. The left should no longer... My friend... Matter of fact, let me pull this up. Let me pull this up. My friend Bryson Gray, known him for a while, put some out on Facebook earlier, and it, it, it's it's great. Yes, I'm on Facebook. Bryson said, well, he said, first off, if you let the government cancel Thanksgiving, you're a slave. He's not wrong. Bryson said, hold on. Ah, let me see if I can find it. Oh, I'm not going to be able to find it now. Hold on. Bryson's actually, if you guys don't follow Bryson, you really need to. He He's a great great conservative <clears throat> he's somebody who will be uh who will be okay this is it he, he, he he's gonna be a force to be reckoned with for years to come bryson said i've made billboard charts three times topped the itunes chart about five times started a new genre of music with no label no budget and most importantly no ungodly raps i don't get the same press as others but i have a Bunch of God-fearing, gun-toting patriots supporting me, and that's all I need. The amount of people I've heard playing Bryson Gray's song. Oh, can I play that on here? I, I'm not sure. I'm not going to do it. I'm sure he wouldn't mind. 
I'm going to ask him, but the the song that goes, Donald Trump is your, you know what? No one tell Bryce. I'm going to play a little bit of it. Hold on. It's it. The, the, the left has lost the culture war. The left has lost the culture war. It's over. Hold on one second. Everyone's heard that song. Songs that all the flotillas, the car parades played. This movement's not over. And in 2024, we'll find someone to run. If it's Donald Trump or if it's Josh Howley or Matt Gates, Devin Nunes, Jim Jordan, we'll find someone to run. We're going to be okay. So if you're listening to this, I have a couple of requests. One, subscribe. Keep listening. This is the fastest growing teenage conservative podcast in the land outside of cj pearson's uh big definitely go listen to cj's great great guy if you have any friends in georgia call them tell them to vote if you want to get involved email me no at noring.org i can set you up i can get you set up with uh with some phone banking things we need all hands on deck for this because the democrats are all hands on deck but have faith oh you need to have faith you need to have so much faith because it's not over. It will never be over. Because I guarantee you one thing. For as long as there is breath in my body, I will honor God, I will honor the Constitution, and I will honor the traditions that America has bestowed upon me, has bestowed upon my family, and has bestowed upon this great country that I'm glad to call it. Now this is it for this episode, but we will be back next week with the video podcast so you can find that on youtube at noah ring thank you guys so much and i look forward to seeing you guys next week i hope you guys all had an amazing thanksgiving with your friends and family and i hope you didn't let the government tell you no till next time god bless this is the story of the one as a maintenance engineer he hears things differently to the untrained ear everything on his shop floor might sound fine but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you visit Arizona, time is measured in moments, not minutes. Like the moment you see the Grand Canyon for the first time. Visit a new state of mind. Learn more at hereyouareaz.com.